Welcome to Weaving Wild. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Charlotte. How are you this week? I'm doing actually really good. I've sent the family off into town for a few hours, so we've got a little bit of time and we can have a proper chat. Yep, it is sunny here and my lot have just gone to the park, so we are equally, have got a cup of my crazy herbal detox tea, which we'll talk about some other time. (laughs) Yummy. (laughs) So today our theme is talking about burnout, which I'm sure many of us have experienced before. I definitely have had quite a few burnout episodes, uh, more so in the last couple of years as life changes and you go into motherhood or marriage and and life gets busier. Um, But I think we've all been there. Have you been there? Yeah, and I think in hindsight, in all the different stages, like when it was at, when you're at uni and you've got loads of exams, you're doing too much social, and when you're in work and you're trying to do all the hobbies, and there's mm-hmm. too many different things, and there's all the different people. So for me, definitely, yeah, always. But I think it's more obvious in this era of life, and also global pandemic has probably thrown into the mix. Totally, and I think that again, as culturally, I know we talk a lot about society and the culture, especially in the West. It's it's again not something we're taught very well to slow down and to relax and to take things slowly. I think from childhood, because of the privilege and the things that we have access to, everything gets filled up from an early age. You get taken to after school classes and all the things you do socially. I think that just ramps up the older and older you get. And if, if you go on to further education or become a teenager and you go out and start the drinking culture that there is over here, um, which tends to then lead into work life, it just gets faster and faster and faster and faster as we get older. And we don't get taught or shown any tools really to counteract that really and I think that's what we want to talk about is all the things that we found useful um especially over the last couple of years um that really helps so that it we, is we so I think yeah I mean obviously our perspective is coming from our, our current position so it, it it invariably does relate to kind of being home with the littles a lot mm-hmm. and and parenthood but yeah I think some of the things we'll explore are things that have always been useful to me I just maybe wasn't as aware of them mm-hmm. um and yeah, I definitely think, I mean, I think mental health in general, it's getting there, it's better than it used to be, but it's definitely, it's more talked about and taking care of yourself is becoming, yeah, more something that people are aware of, but it's yeah. still, it's still quite countercultural really because the, yeah, the busy train is still what's sold to us, isn't it really? Very much so. And maybe it's something that comes with age a little bit more as well. I mean, maybe it's something that we have more stamina for the younger that we are to keep going for <laughs> harder and longer <laughs> more energy and more sleep when you're very young. much oh, yeah. so um yeah until you get to a point where that just keeps biting you in the behind that you can't keep that up for, well maybe that is why burnout happens that it's something that collates over the years until your body just says no no more i can't take it yeah so that was our we both talked about that one of our first things is exactly that so i think self-care number one and we don't mean self-care like get a manicure or a massage unless yeah. that's your thing and that's fine um is just lots of small snippets so yeah. rather than getting to the point where you're completely burnt out and i mean both of us are recovering people pleasers yeah. and we will we can't help ourselves but to go and see that friend who's having a tough time mm-hmm. to fit in this extra thing here and there um and that does result in as you say just hit, hitting that point of burnout and i think we've got to pro- people like us and i'm sure yeah. other people have to prioritize those small snippets of self-care and building them into your just every day and Absolutely. making it habits. I think that's the so biggest the- lesson we were talking about this earlier on, weren't we? And we, we've, I mean, we've both done it this week, haven't we? We've both been on the phone going, oh, we've done it again. And I think it's we're getting more used to seeing the signs, whereas before we hit burnout, but we still do it all the time. <laughs> so we're trying, to, we're trying to incorporate these things that we're going to talk about 
in an intentional way because it's really easy just to keep going and to keep taking the load and realizing that someone else is under stress or you're there to support this person or you're meeting this need and it's very easy to think that you're okay until suddenly you're not okay and I think we're trying to incorporate these things that we're going to talk about so that we don't hit this point because we're very good at reactively looking after ourselves and bringing ourselves back up again but only once we've hit that burnout point so trying to catch it before that happens and like you just said that's the whole point is is I think so often we think oh well, we'll just wait those three weeks and then we can have a day off and we'll just take the whole day and the whole day will recharge us and go again and it's about not having to wait for that time or not having to have that time because you've so burnt out you literally can't do anything else um and biggest lesson I think for both of us this year is to incorporate the small things little and often every single day multiple times a day that means that you don't get to that point either ever or as quickly or as hard yeah definitely and I think it's it's so easy to say and we should say this yeah absolutely this doesn't mean that we've got this nailed we're both at a point where we're feeling quite overwhelmed recently so (laughs) this is this is very relevant to us right now yeah um but yeah we're trying to change that cycle of instead of yeah the big crash and burn prioritizing these things and it is hard to do because we both certainly over this last year have remembered to do the things that help us when we really need them and then when things are feeling good you get back into the busyness and you let those things go and yeah trying to find ways to keep those things going all the time so that you don't just wait until you desperately need them. I love that it's breaking the cycle and it's getting someone and we're lucky that we do this for each other but getting someone that reminds you of that because we've done that very recently to each other just in separate instances but being like oh I'm just totally done and why does it feel so hard again and everything feels really grey to just say just to even if it sounds a bit twee but just to remind each other that have you done this have you drank enough water have you done this have you done this and, and then it's very easy to then think oh yeah actually I've just totally dropped all of those things that I knew was good for me and it's all the little things that build up that are good for you and that it's it's simple it's simple and as hard as that it's as simple as just remembering to incorporate those things back in to your daily rhythm and as hard as that because it's so easy to let those ones go first it's so easy to let them go because they're they're never going to be top of the priority these things but it's it's making it the priority it's shifting it around and saying well actually nothing else matters Mm -hmm. if i lose my health and my well-being yeah so i've got you've got to push up then for me i'm a i'm a list person so i will literally put when i'm doing it well a self-care thing at the top of my list yes. rather than just the busy things because otherwise it yeah just that prioritizing is absolutely as easy and as hard but it, it's it's easy simple things we're talking about mm-hmm. and I think my problem is if I leave it until I'm completely burnt out I, do I need I need a whole day I need a whole weekend I need hours of yoga or reading my book in the quiet yeah. whereas actually if you can weave it in and have yeah a practice where you do just literally a few minutes of free writing every morning mm-hmm. drink maybe not overhaul your whole diet, but just switch out one biscuit for an apple and drink one extra glass of water. Because I think the last thing you want to do is add, and I've certainly done this in the past, kind of almost the well-being overwhelm where you're like, okay, well, I know I need to exercise. I need to do some yoga. I need to drink the water. And if that becomes too too much, much. you can can almost get overwhelmed from doing the well-being things as well. But it is really hard to do because I do this so and I start drinking too much tea, which sounds really silly, but it's absolutely something I found relates to me feeling really great and like I'm not absorbing things. It's like when I start getting tired, then I will start drinking tea. And even though I know I should drink a glass of water instead of this cup of tea, oh, I'll just have one more, I'll just have one more. And so you really do get into a really unmotivated set of bad habits really quickly. So I totally appreciate that it's really difficult even just to drink an extra glass of water a day. And I think that when you're talking about lists, it's actually something you have to actively try and do in order for it to become easier because it is 
actually easier not to even though we, we all know the things that we're going to say <laughs> yeah. we all know and it's so easy just to go right yeah from tomorrow I'm going to drink more water I'm going to move more and then and then we don't I don't know whether that's a human thing or a tired thing <laughs> thing but it's just so easy not to do the easy little things so I think you actually have to make a conscious effort to put them on your to-do list and to put them on your until they become something that you just do naturally you do it's I think it's forming that habit so this is one of the things I, I've ebbed and flowed with caffeine because it's something that my body doesn't do well with if I have too much of it, but I love it. Um, but one of my like life hacks that has really helped with that is while I'm boiling the kettle, I also pour, like fill my, my tea or coffee cup up with water. Mm. Um, I learned this from a friend. And then in order to make my cup of tea or coffee, I have to drink the water in that cup. So every time I have the tea or coffee, I'm also making sure I'm hydrating. That's <laughs> and that's so hack. small and so little. But I wasn't having that extra cup of water otherwise, and it was forcing me to do it. That's a great hack, and that's getting both the things that you need. You're getting the water and the, ca- and the caffeine yeah. shot. <laughs> I tell you what I do when I'm boiling the kettle now. I think it's something that Brooke McCallery said in one of her Slow Home podcasts, is being present whilst the kettle is boiling. So I know even if it's just that few minutes in the day, it uh, and because I don't breathe very well either. I'm a really shallow breather, and I forget to breathe a lot of the time so if I just take that few minutes whilst the kettle's boiling to actually just stop doing the other thing and trying to fill the washing machine up and trying to stick you know fill the water up for washing up or answer the kids and I just shut the door and I stand in the kitchen for three minutes whilst the kettle's boiling and just breathe really deeply and it sounds really silly but that could that might be the only thing I need that day to just change that whole day so I just do three minutes of deep breathing and try not to pass out because then my oxygen's flooding my brain you're like what are you doing now Um, oh that's amazing brilliant so just little little things i do the opposite and when i totally run around while the kettle is on but because i have cut down um how much tea and coffee i have when i do have a a nice proper tea or coffee have the herbal ones they're not as good um (laughs) when i do have a proper caffeinated drink drinking it is my meditation Mm. and obviously if the kids are running around they still interact with them but like i don't multitask i just sit and i enjoy the warmth and the taste um But there are so many little ways of doing that. And I think it's it's figuring out, and this probably leads on to our, our starting point, which is getting to know yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's finding things that work for you, isn't it? Because I've seen so many people do the thing where they wake up, set an alarm, wake up an hour before their kids, and they have a whole hour where they read, they do their yoga. I love the sound of that. That will never work for my family in this mm-hmm. era of life. Yeah. So it's working out the things that fit your lifestyle as well, isn't it? So it's doable because we don't want to add more to our pile. Yeah, and not also thinking that you have to do the thing that somebody else says is good for them. We just had a quick chat about this before we came on live, that for both of us, actually, because we're quite introverted, it's actual solitary alone time that refuels us, and that's literally all I want is just to be on my own with zero noise, zero sensory input with a book where I can escape. It's just complete complete silent escapism. But for my husband, it's music, and it's sound, and it's noise, and it's being with people that really refuel him. So I think sometimes we can get another stick to beat ourselves with when we're like oh I should be enjoying this alone time or I should you know I have an hour of quiet I should I should be happy with that but actually if that's not the thing that refuels you then it's a complete waste of time and so it's actually learning to know yourself like you just said so much better and to find out what refuels refuels you and doing that absolutely I I think that's the start point is working out what is overwhelming for you because yeah I think the I mean the introversion extroversion matters a lot but so does your lifestyle so does where you live so definitely working out do you know, for somebody going out on like a really long walk, it's like, oh, why would I do that? that that's the last thing I do. It's, it's, it's just working out what is it for you. Um, I think I, I can't remember where I got it from. But we did an exercise and they like write out your perfect day mm-hmm. um, within the realms of possibility, but 
how would you use those snippets of time? Mm-hmm. Are you a morning person? Are you a, are you a night owl? Like when when is your time? What what is your thing? Just getting to know yourself. And then, yeah, incorporating some of those things. Yeah, absolutely. And then also just on top of that, to also say, like, we obviously home educate and we have the kids with us from 5am until 9pm. And (laughs) there is is no time. Um, It's not waiting for that time either. So, yeah, it is good to say, well, I'm a morning person, I'm an evening person, and I'll build those rituals in those times, which is fantastic. But sometimes you haven't got even that designated time to do it. And I think this is our downfall is we we just don't because it's too busy during the day or and there's too many other needs to be met rather than thinking just five minutes five even five minutes an hour well that's a lot actually even five minutes three times a day um is it, it really is enough if you take the time and you think it won't be you're like oh that's not gonna be enough time to do anything but literally like you say five minutes to just drink that really nice coffee sat in this garden with the sun whilst the kids are running around and I think you brought up noise cancelling headphones before we went live as well and I'm so gonna get some because just I could just sit with my headphones on <laughs> my chair with my cup yeah. of tea <laughs> like, oh there's the quiet <laughs> yeah, I, quietness is my thing and I have really loud children who yeah. love noise and music and you know, they'll be singing and also playing and mm-hmm. they would totally have music on and yeah, yeah. For and me, the quietness I, I have, is definitely the things the headphones are a saviour <laughs> I have gamer children at the moment that just love playing game in the gaming online games at the moment and but it's on in our living space and so I didn't think that that would bother me so much but it, it, it's noise for me it's noise and so absolutely just need to be hidden in the toilet with the door, with the door shut on my cup of tea so I'm going to go for the noise cancelling headphones but I think because then you can walk around amongst them and you can be serene be oblivious whilst the whole house is yeah going exploding but well, it makes the thing is it's compromising as well isn't it because as you say we can work out exactly what we need but you might have a job that means that completely contradicts what you need. You yes. might have a family set up that contradicts. You might live somewhere that contradicts it. So I think it's working out what you need. And then just the little tiny, tiny steps of, you know, if you live in the city and what you really need is nature, get some houseplants. It doesn't have to mean that you move to the country. So just Absolutely. little tiny steps. Yeah. I don't know if you lot can hear my dog going mad. I'm assuming my family is home. <laughs> Hi, Coco. She's barking. <laughs> so I apologise <laughs> till they walk in. But I think we were saying as well that it just makes it makes us better people if you can do this without. Because when we burn out, I just become the most horrible person to be around, and I know I'm doing it, and I'm being horrible to myself because I'm not looking after myself. But I just take it out on everybody around me, and it just, even though we're serving those people and are doing the things, it just backfires so much because then I just start being mean to the people around me that I love, to either my kids or to my husband or to my friends, and it becomes so passive aggressive that I'm just the worst version of myself if I don't look after myself. And so looking after ourselves, really, it's self-fulfilling and it leads to a better life because if you, not even the best version of yourself, but if you can make sure that you're fueled up, you know, it's like the analogy of putting on the mask in an aeroplane going down, isn't it? You have to look after yourself first in order for that to spill out. And I, when I had young children, I used to think, no, no, I don't need to do that. You have to look after them first. And, you know, that it's selfish, but it really isn't because I have been so burnt out that it's, been a really 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 dark place and how much that negatively impacts everybody the growth of your children your family time you know it just it it has such a bad fallout when you let yourself get that uh, into that bad a place that I've now seen it as totally the opposite it is the least selfish thing you can do to look after yourself because then it, it spills out of you and you can then be patient and tolerant enough to fill and it like you said it doesn't have to be a weekend at the spa as nice as that would be <laughs> it just has to make sure that you're meeting your need a little bit throughout the day and it's so much I think easier than you think it would be to do 
It is when you prioritize it. Yeah. But and also what role modeling for the next generation because yes. I think this is the thing is our generation was grow up be busy. Mm. Imagine if the next generation is grow up take care of yourself and then do whatever else you want. But just imagine if that's the thing. I think it's what it's the, exactly what you just said in not really not believing that taking after yourself looking after yourself is a selfish thing and I think I've always seen both as the opposite ends of a seesaw <laughs> that you're either really selfish because you're looking after yourself or you're totally selfless. And giving, mm. and I've re- totally realised that that is just an absolutely non thing, and that it's it's both all the time. You have to look after yourself to look after others. Um, and we, I think we wrote a little list, didn't we, of all the things that we could think of that we try and incorporate um, into daily life, even hourly life if we can. Um, that really helps you do that. And oh, there's good stuff. That I was gonna say, I don't know where to start. They're all good. <laughs> I'm gonna start with nature. So yeah. one of my happy things, and I think it's probably it's partly the sensory overload noise thing because even though nature can be very loud, it's a very organic, calming noise. Whether you're at the beach or in the woods mm-hmm. or it's the wind. Um, probably also just because being outdoors helps my kids be quiet because <laughs> yeah. they're, they're in a happy place when they're outdoors too so for me I know that when we're in a bit of a funk or wonder what when I'm getting a bit overloaded even though what I would like to do is like curl up in bed with a book when that's not possible mm. one of my biggest mood fixes and we've both done this over the years is just button level up and get outdoors wherever wherever your happy place is whatever you've got accessible um, and I know like in the summer, if we go for a dip in the river mm. or even if we just walk, we're very lucky. We've got some really lovely wood blocks, literally walking distance from my house. And even though when you're feeling really overwhelmed, the effort in getting small people up I and dressed. I was just dogs about to things. say that. I was like, <laughs> even though sometimes that seems like the hardest option <laughs> because it takes me so long to convince my two to go outside and come away from what they're doing. Especially in the winter. Yeah, and getting them all wrapped up. But once we're there, it never fails. It never fails. It's yeah. easier to take those deep breaths that you were mentioning and to breathe yeah. well when you're outdoors, I think, and just... And this season, especially now in the spring, I've really noticed the last couple of days when we've been in the woods how much natural noise there is from the birds and things. It's really noticeable now, and it's so lovely just to be reconnected to something else. It is. So, that yeah, that's definitely... that. That's almost an easy one with kids as well, because it's good for them, so it's like it's an easy win all around, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Other than, yeah, the effort and the layers... <laughs> Um, and then the next one I was going to say is sleep, but we could all just start laughing hysterically about that one. <laughs> is yeah. So even if we have, well, we have children that just do not sleep. We're nine years into the game no. of the no sleep game, but nighttime is not the only time to sleep. And also, oh, going off on two different tangents, there, I was going to say. So sleep might not necessarily have to be at nighttime. So is there any time that you can take during the day to catch up on that? Whether that's when a partner's around or if the children are able to be looked after by someone else actually using that time to catch up on some sleep and not doing all the things but also the going to bed earlier thing because it's so easy to fall into the trap of right that everybody's finally asleep and now is my time to then stay up really 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 late which sometimes really works because sometimes you do do just need to reconnect with yourself but it just the miracle of going to bed that couple of hours earlier and catching up it's like being a whole different person so I do think sleep is yeah. yeah It makes so much difference. I'm a really sucky napper. So my husband can do a 20 minute power nap and he feels so good the rest of the afternoon. If I nap, I feel just lethargic the rest of the day. So napping is very rarely my answer. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think the a few nights a week going to bed, either either going to bed that little bit earlier every night or just I have a few nights a week. I try to. It definitely creeps when 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 they're sleeping a little bit better, or when you really you're into a series you're watching, you've got something yeah. you're doing. But I try and have a few nights a week where I go to bed when the kids go to bed, or shortly after. 
And yeah, as you say, we have sucky sleepers. So maybe if you have a better sleep situation during the night, this is less important. But if your sleep is compromised, <laughs> it's essential. And the other one that actually we've got really badly out of the habit of doing recently, because life just felt a bit busier again, is if you've got a partner, friend, whatever, um, enabling lions on the weekends as well. Yeah. So alternating lions if you've got a partner at home and you're able to do that. Yeah. Because um, actually, one one morning a week where you can sleep in for an hour or two on a weekend that feels miraculous. And sometimes that line is only till seven a.m., but it's such a miracle. It's better than five. <laughs> okay, we won't we won't get out the sleep bashing stick of who has it worst. No. <laughs> but yes, the sleep, sleep, just beautiful sleep, hundred um, percent. And then the next one is nutrition and incorporation of that is water and i'm the worst because i know for me water is the biggest thing that makes a difference yet i find it really difficult to do and i buy all the things and i buy the one liter things and i'm like keep it on the side and you'll drink it but unless it's got a straw or a spout on it i don't drink it so it's trying to (laughs) trying to learn the things that i need to do so i now have one with the spout on and you do when it's there and it's available i do drink it so much more but again it is one of the first things that goes for me and it has the biggest impact i think being dehydrated I know, again, it sounds a bit of a cliche because everybody says it, like, yeah, have you drank some water? But it really makes a difference having a glass of water. It's a default in our house now that if someone's a bit cranky, we're like, have you had some food? Have you drank some water? Because yeah. so often, like, yeah, it, it's, it is. It, it, it sounds really twee because it's so obvious, mm. but it's, it's, a, it, it's a very harmless, quick, easy thing to try yeah. to bring a bit of happiness in if it works. Yeah, apple or a banana and a glass of water. And you started. <laughs> yeah, and so the, yeah, so with nutrition as well. So we'll we'll, we'll discuss nutrition another day because it's yeah. a huge topic. But we all know some things that make us feel better and make us feel worse. And I totally, particularly when I'm tired, when I'm overwhelmed, I'm far more likely to reach for a biscuit than a piece of fruit. But I know I feel better when I've had the piece of fruit or mm. a bit of salad or whatever. Um, so my compromise trick is to is to say to myself, I'll have both. Because if I say oh, I'm being healthier, I'm going to have the healthy thing, yeah. I feel deprived. Because yeah. if I say, I'm, I'm going to have that biscuit, but first of all, I'm going to have a piece of watermelon, and then afterwards, if I really want the biscuit, I'll have it, and mostly I won't. Well, and that's what I was, I was cutting you into actually say it was a bit like your water before the cup of tea analogy, to do both, to have the healthy thing first, still knowing that you could have the unhealthy thing, and quite often, yeah. you just don't want it after. Well, I'll just say, hmm, is that true for me? Or will I ever give up a chocolate biscuit? I'm not sure. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, but at least you've ticked off the box that some of the healthy vitamins have gone in first and you're, exactly. and you're not hungry anymore. So it doesn't make <laughs> but sense. But it's, it's one of the first things that goes, I think. You said, like, with the cups of tea when you're tired, falling into the bad habits with diet kind of goes hand in hand when you're tired, which is when you need the good nutrition the most. Mm, yeah. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? You're heading towards burnout, so what do we do? We start eating rubbish and not going to bed. And then it just, yep. yeah, everything collapses. So it's just trying to catch it. it. It's not even catching it early enough. It's doing these things like we just said daily, daily little hacks. And then you hopefully will never get to that crashing point. Even if you start to get a bit tighter, it won't go as deep, deep and as dark. Yeah. 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 And so then... my, this is a random one. And again, it's, it's kind of a bigger topic, but something that really helps me, because I think for me, when I'm overwhelmed, my to-do list is too big that the everyday tasks, just cooking, keeping the house clean, all of that feels quite challenging. Mm. And I can really struggle with where to put my limited energy. Yes. So I do a thing, I think you do this too still, um, 
where at the beginning of the year I kind of set my intentions for the whole year and just think like in an ideal world what would I like to achieve what do I want the year to feel like um, and then each month I come back to that and I just think okay what in that massive thing that I want to do this year like what's my priority this month is it is it my health is it finishing that book that I was writing just what, what are, write down a couple of things and it's been really helping me recently when I'm in that point where I'm really overwhelmed going okay well I've got these three different things that I could be doing today or when I'm looking at what we're doing for that week and say well actually this thing here really aligns with what I wanted to prioritize this month and these other two things they don't really Mm. so I'm gonna it just helps me figure out where I'm going to put my energy and that yeah that's something it's a bit random but it's been really helping me the last few months I think that's a really really good one because sometimes we get so mired down in the the daily stuff and you you can't see the wood for the trees anymore. So if you've got a, a, even if it's a little paragraph rather than a list, it's just something you've written that keeps you back to those values of what you, what you're striving for. Um, I think that's really helpful. Yeah. I know some people have like a family mantra. We don't have one. I really want one. I can't remember who it was back when my children were really little. I read about it and I was like, Oh, they're too young. I'll do it when they're older. And I'm like, I wish I could figure out who that person was. And they're like talking about like setting up like a family mantra. I love that idea. So the whole family kind of have that, like, these are our priorities. We can do hard things. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I want to, well, I want you to talk about the next one because this is more your thing too. Not your thing, but you tell me about it, which helps me is your top three lists and your lists for the day. I love the top three. So this, this is stolen from Brooke McCallery again. Um, and she talks a lot about, for one thing, single tasking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just not trying to do the 20 things at once, just kind of working through one thing at a time because we're so much more efficient when we do that. Do you know, um, but she also do, she do does do the magic all top the time. It's the multitasking because it is so easy to do. Like the amount of times I'm brushing my teeth and trying to wash up and trying to find something and take the stuff out the washing. And it makes me laugh now because if you ever catch yourself doing it, you're like, what am I doing? You're literally like a caricature <laughs> of a car- you know, a cartoon of somebody with 10 arms trying to do the things. And it's just so daft. But like you said, time is so finite. You do try and squish it all into the same moment, but you just collapse. So absolutely single tasking. You'll be like, just brush your teeth, woman. Stand still yeah. and brush your teeth. It's the minute teeth. of your day. Just do the one thing. <laughs> But yeah, sorry, you were saying, so then that comes into the listing, the lists. Yeah, her thing is, if you're a list person and you have your, like, your general list of, like, these are the things that the next size clothes that the kids need and these things I need to do and that's thing I need to do and you have this massive list or multiple lists, whatever you have. Her thing is, it's too overwhelming to look at that every day. So you end up doing none of it. You end up just spending the whole day doing all of the other things that immediately get shoved in your face. And same when you're at work, you will just do the things that's most urgent that someone comes and puts this on your desk. And actually, the top three thing is to sit down in the morning or the night before, whatever, however it works for you, and to list the top three things that you want to get done that day. Um, and that could be something off your general to-do list. That could be something that is urgent because your friend's birthday is next week. You need to go out and get something. But it just, you put down your top three things. And you, again, it's just that prioritizing your time. So you just, I guess if they're big things, you break them down into smaller tasks as well. So it's not just like, I'm going to write my book today. It's yeah. like, write <laughs> one chapter of my book today. Yeah. And so that, um, and that's the feeling of success. It's accomplishment, isn't it? Because then it's the most important things. Things actually do get done. But also you feel like you've done something in that day that was worthwhile. Yeah, and it really works for me because I will, I've got, I forever have a to-do list. Yeah. And I'll have things on there that have been on there for ages. And when I go back to the magical top three, those things start getting done, even yeah. if it's that I've broken it down into manageable steps. But it's then at least getting closer to being done versus just being on a list that's so overwhelming, I'm never going to get it done. Yeah, 100%. And I think to lead on from that as well is journaling and free writing, which we both dabble in. I think you find it more useful to do it first thing in the morning, don't you? You've 
find that quite just to get everything out of paper which is something I really like to do I really like the thought of getting up and either just free writing thoughts out or just taking that time with a cup of tea just to to write things out and I think this is a real key thing again about being connected with yourself because I think a lot of people are scared of doing it because they're like what would I write and I don't want to keep a diary and does it have to mean something and so free writing is literally like stream of consciousness it is writing I don't know what to write uh this is really silly I'm tired somebody's making a noise and you know and seeing it and then that might just be it it might literally just be stream of consciousness that you don't know what to write but more often than not in fact I probably say every time it always will lead into something and yep. that free writing is just trying to get that conscious stream out of yourself to start with so that you can start being more conscious and curating the thoughts that, that are then there. It, it's a bit like having a chat with a friend, isn't it? It's like getting all the blur out, and then once it's out, you can just be more focused and more calm. And I find that really difficult to do first thing in the morning, and I'm sure that goes hand in hand with tiredness levels. So I'm trying to incorporate that into the day. And so when I do have a cup of tea, to just sit down and, you know, you can call it journaling, but sometimes even calling it journaling puts too big an emphasis on creating something. Yeah. So it's just sitting down with a piece of paper and I will just doodle the to-do list that I'm thinking of or the things that I've got on my mind. And then that more often than not leads into just having a really nice stream of consciousness that is the same as chatting to a friend and just gets it out there. It's no longer locked up inside. It can be good. It can be bad. And I'm really finding just doing that like twice a day when I'm having a cup of tea not only fulfills you know a bit of that creative streak inside you that you that you're bringing something into the world but also just gets things out from from the inside out and I find that really helpful yeah I mean it's basically free therapy yeah <laughs> <laughs> because yes yeah, so that's one of the big things though it's been like I love the idea of doing that in the morning but just work for me so you found a way of bringing it in but it does so for me morning works because I find once I get too much into my day I'm I get more kind of yeah, I lose touch with that was I think for me first thing in the morning, generally if I give my kids breakfast and shove some colouring things out, some Play-Doh, mm. that's quite, that, that's quite an engaged time for them. So that's why it's been working for me, I think, because mm-hmm. um, we'll all sit down at the table um, and I can just generally, that's my most uninterrupted time for a little bit while they're eating and playing for a little bit before they start getting more energetic. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, it really helps to do it quite early in the morning because so much stuff comes out for me so sometimes I will there are days when I'm like I'm not enjoying this this is rubbish I'm waiting for this to be over I'm bored of my three pages blah blah blah. yeah but more often than not it's gosh I'm really worried about this friend and I haven't checked in on them for a while and this thing came up in my dream and oh I mustn't forget to do this and just all the stuff that your brain holds for one thing it's just getting it out of your head yeah but I also find it a really valuable catching tool because when I'm doing that at the end of my so I have one journal which is just my free writing so it's I mean if you ever looked at it it, I mean you wouldn't be able to read it because I write fast so it's completely illegible um but it's it would seem completely incoherent just like a dream like it's snippets of over here and then interrupted with this and sometimes it's a doodle sometimes it's a beautiful poem more often than not it's just completely random stream of consciousness (laughs) but then I have my other journal which is more like my my listy more organized journal and at the end of doing my free writing whether that's a page three pages whether I've done it for literally 30 seconds or for half an hour I will flick back through it and just be like, is there anything in there that I need to now actually capture that needs to get done? And quite often I'll be like, oh yeah, like I hadn't thought about the fact that I haven't called my gran in a couple of weeks. I really want to do that. So I will put that in the big to-do list and that'll go on my top three for today. And I quite often write my top three after that because it just, yeah, it's like like, it's the things that I might forget otherwise. Absolutely. Um, And I think then the, all of what we've talked about um, and we talked about this again a bit earlier on, is 
it's also sometimes just about change because life can get really mundane and it can get really and it's really then difficult to do the good things in that mundane stuff if you're already really tired because it just feels like another chore or another thing to do or another healthy habit to start or you know I should I should be meditating I should be journaling I should be whatever else so I think all of the things is really just trying to recapture the joyful stuff is trying to really think of the things what little thing can I do that's just for me because I think we're so good at taking care of other people's needs or having the nurturing role that we forget and we know that we're really important and we know that we're kind of like the heralds of the ship and that you know we all know in our minds that it's going to go down if we go down <laughs> but yeah. we're also so used to carrying all of that weight um you know and even you know I do have confidence in myself and do have value in myself but I think we do forget to value ourselves as part of the jigsaw of the day and so we put ourselves last and and we have to remember that we are allowed to take snippets of that day for ourselves we are allowed to and because that what I'm trying to say is it then takes us in a big cycle that the whole day becomes a joyful thing so if we can try and remember and free write and journal the things that bring us joy to bring more playfulness and to bring more laughter in that we deserve just as a whole person as ourselves as, as women and as the mums or whatever our roles are um, to remember those joyful things for us bring those little things into because then that just cycles into the whole family life or the whole you know life that we lead being more joyful it just takes that tiny spark of remembrance and bringing those things in for ourselves and um, I think a big part of that for both of us is being explorers whether that's explorers out in nature going somewhere different changing the rhythm of the day or even if it's as simple as a new book or starting something that really gets your creative juices going whether that's writing for five minutes or reading something for five minutes or painting something for five minutes but just turning yourselves back into an explorer of the world in whatever vein that is that brings the joy back in and brings the play back in because it really gets heavy really fast and I get I'm definitely a really serious quite maudlin person and that's why my husband suits me so much because he is such a playful spirit he reminds me that life is also not that serious and can be playful or doesn't matter how hard stuff is you can still find a moment to laugh even if it's a real mac of a laugh about something <laughs> you know you've got to find that tiny bit which will just blossom into something else um that brings play back in yeah absolutely so it is it's it's not all about doing your yoga and your free writing and drinking a green smoothie it is it's the little snippets of and again, do you know what? kids are great at this so if you can just what if you've got children around you whether you work with them they're at home if you can just watch children and steal some of their tricks yeah. so putting on music and dancing around the kitchen when you're cleaning having a podcast while you're cooking tea playing the things you actually enjoy with your children so not playing the things you're like oh this is so boring find the things that you love playing when you're a kid and play those things mm-hmm. with your kids because then you'll actually enjoy it 100% definitely oh, I feel so much better just talking about it <laughs> <laughs> it feels well, and yeah, this, this is the other thing is even though we're both quite introverted have a conversation with someone who makes you happy yeah. this is one of the other things we didn't mention actually is like curating the feed of your life mm. And obviously you're not in control of everything, but where you can, speak to people who make you feel good. Listen to podcasts, only do social media, only read books or magazines that just bring in as much as you can yeah. of the things that make you feel good. And that can be a five minute chat with a friend and that can completely turn your day around. 100%. And um, I mean, it can be a message with a friend. It can be really, really small things. It does. And it doesn't have to be even adding things in. You just mentioned that about social media. Sometimes it could just be spending half an hour unhooking from all the things that haven't been making you feel good. And in that sense, then curating only the good things that are coming back in. So you don't even have to add a load on the list. You can just take stuff away. Sometimes it's getting rid of the rubbish, having a really good sort out. Um, you know, just reconnecting to what you said about the core values of, of 
why we're doing any of it at all. Yeah, and also I think, obviously there's situations where you have loads of hard stuff and you're in a burnout position and you have to do all the things. But one of the things that I find quite often helpful is to list out all the things that I'm doing, to go through and really intentionally, as you said, take some things out. Be like, do you know what? No one's going to die if my floor doesn't get hoovered today. Or maybe today is one of the days that, even though we've talked about nutrition, forget nutrition, we're going to have something super quick for dinner tonight because... I can spend that time running around the garden with the kids. We can all get our energy up. We'll feel much better. So absolutely, it's not always adding in. It's stripping away the things that are hard that day. And you'll catch them up another day if they're important. And also sometimes, I mean, this is again about all the good things and being positive and trying to make those changes. But sometimes you're just in a phase of survival. Sometimes when you when you actually hit burnout, you know, I can imagine though sometimes if someone is really in burnout listening to this being like, well, yeah, I'd love to do all these things, but I just can't. I'm just in survival mode. And I have absolutely been there because sometimes when you're in that burnout place, thinking of all the things you could and should be doing makes you feel, <laughs> it makes you feel even worse. And so... Exactly that. So if you're in that point where you're at the rock bottom burnout and you can't see the wood for the trees is, you know, not thinking, oh, I'll do some meditation, do something else. It's actually thinking it's okay to just survive. So what can you just do in that really hard space that's going to help you survive to the next moment and the next moment and the next day? And if that, and that could just be going to bed, literally just go to bed at seven o'clock. Don't think of all the things you should or could be doing and just look after yourself like your animal body needs you know just sleep and eat and try and connect with somebody and then add all the other little bits in as it starts to get easier because sometimes it is an uphill climb and you just need to do the bare minimum yeah it is and it's just coming back round to that just choose one thing yeah. as you say it doesn't even to be all the things just choose what is the next thing you can do what is the next opportunity you have to make a choice that yeah. will make you feel better rather than worse and try and do that one little thing one step at a time when it's when it's when you're when you're in the trenches. <laughs> Got the frozen song from Frozen Two in my head now about just doing the next best the next best thing. The next right thing. <laughs> Almost sang Charlotte, but I won't it's a thing. <laughs> I was gonna go there. Don't go all Disney on everybody. <laughs> but if you're not in that burnout phase and there's all these amazing things that you can just do five minutes in that I think that's the message to, to go on is small snippets small snippets, little and often. We don't have to wait till the perfect holiday or the spa day or the time out. We can just bring those little things in every day and it really has the biggest benefit. It does. Do it. Go and do a good thing. Go do. Go do today. (laughs) Brilliant. We'll talk to you next time.